Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, first-time guest Jack Duffy from the Painted Lines comes on to talk about player development in Charlotte and in Greensboro. And this. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. J. Cole has a skills coach. Yes. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. We live. <laughs> this is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson L O H. No Walker Mail today. He's actually uh, focusing on the new wake-up call on ESPN 7:30 in Charlotte. They've made some changes at ESPN 7:30, and Walker Mail and Molly Cotton are actually going to tag team the wake-up call moving forward. So if you haven't listened to the wake-up call before, support Walker in what he's doing now. He's got a bigger role in the show, and so we're proud of him, and he'll be back tomorrow uh, to uh, help us out with this show. But we've got some help. We've got Jack Duffy. He writes for the Painted Lines Media Network. He covers the Charlotte Hornets and Greensboro Swarm there. Jack, thanks for helping us out on the show today. What's going on? Hey, doing well, Doug. Happy to be on Talking Hornets and Swarm. You can follow Jack Duffy on Twitter at Jack Duffy TPL. Jack, I want to start. Uh, well, first, I want to get some Greensboro Swarm nuggets for you because I think it's kind of a black hole on this show. We don't talk about it enough especially now that the Hornets are really focused as a franchise on player development. So we're going to get to that coming up in just a bit. But I want to start by talking to you about the Hornets' player development as a whole. It's part of the reason that they brought James Borrego in as coach, right? They felt like he could improve individual player performances and move the franchise in a player development role as a whole. So my my first question to you, Jack, is how would you evaluate their ability so far to develop players early in this new era of Hornets basketball. So, I mean, James Brigger finally in his second season with the Hornets and his first season, he kind of had to push for the playoffs with Kemba Walker. So this year he could finally implement the culture he wanted to and his four pillars that he talks about all the time. And he says play development is the lifeblood of the organization. And so, I mean, the last two years we've seen Devontae Graham, obviously, this year, Dwayne Bacon and a bunch of these other guys have risen up so much uh, through this player development system. A lot of that is they have a two-way player development coach in Nick Friedman. So basically, he's a liaison between Jay Hernandez, who's the head of player development for the Hornets, and James Borrego. So he works with Caleb Martin, Jalen McDaniels, um, Kobe Simmons, all those two-way guys, and all the Hornets players that go down to Greensboro. So he's basically with them every single day, working with them. And, I mean, so far, James Brego's done an excellent job with player development. Um, Kobe Simmons, Caleb Martin has taken a lot of strides this year. Jalen McDaniels as well. Taking a lot of these guys that are uh, undrafted or taken late in the draft and grinding them out this year in Greensboro. So hopefully next year they can become role players. But, I mean, just with the Hornets uh, overall, with Kemba Walker being gone, we can see all these guys in elevated roles. Devontae Graham, this would not have happened if Kemba Walker was here still. I'm not saying it's better that Kemba's gone, but – Play development is obviously a lot easier. We don't have a high usage guy like Kemba Walker. So, I mean, so far this year, we've seen PJ Washington. I mean, Miles Bridges kind of hasn't elevated as much as we've wanted him to. But, I mean, overall, I think it's uh, been pretty good this year with 
player development and James Borrego continues to echo that it's the lifeblood of the organization and that's what they're fully focused on. So, uh, so far I'd, I'd give them a pretty good grade on that. We're here talking about player development with Jack Duffy, but you can't develop a player until you hire them. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education? What about experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help you create your short list of applicants fast. Also, you can add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash locked on, and you can get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st. 2020. All right, Jack, Terry Rozier has surprised a lot of people this year with how well he's not only adapted to a starting role, but how well he's adapted to playing alongside Devontae Graham. Now, you wrote about Terry for the Painted Lines. How much of his performance do you think is the extended playing time that he's gotten versus when he was with Boston? And how much of it is Terry specifically embracing and playing well in this new role? I mean, I think it's obviously... Um, a mix of the two. Obviously, when you have an elevated role and you get more playing time, we saw in uh, 2017 when uh, Kyrie Irving was out that Rozier averaged like 15, I think almost close to 16 points per game with the Celtics and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I mean, obviously this year, the contract had a lot of a lot of people didn't really agree with it, thought it was an overpay, but the average NBA point guard gets paid $15 million a year. So you're expecting Rozier to play like an above Average NBA point guard. Obviously, he's playing shooting guard now. I think that's helped him a lot. So, so you didn't you didn't think it was an overpay at the time? Uh, at the time, yes. But I mean, at, like when we look at it now, you're seeing that he's an above average guard in the NBA, and that's kind of where he is now. I think the more and more he's playing, it's not seeing as bad as an overpay. I think it still is a bit much. But with a team like the Hornets, you need to sell tickets and you need guys scoring. So a guy like Rozier obviously helps in that. But, I mean, him as a leader has been one thing, like the article that I wrote about uh, talking to all of his teammates, just him as a leader. He's not, like Cody Martin told me that, he's not a natural, he's not going to be the guy that's talking 24-7, but when he does talk, it means something. And he kind of leads by example, lets his game speak for himself. But overall this year, I think he surprised a lot of people. He's the best catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter in the entire NBA at 49%. That was as of last week. Um, so I think a lot of people are su- surprised in that, uh, that he'd be a great catch-and-shoot guy. But Overall, I think defensively, it's with him and Devontae Graham, it's a bit of like having two six-one guys on the floor at the same time uh, brings some, some mismatches on the defensive end. But Terry kind of plays a little bit bigger than himself. You see him when he goes up and gets his big rebounds over uh, centers and stuff like that. Uh, but I think overall, he's played a lot more efficient than I think people gave him credit for entering this year. I think it's odd, Jack, like how we – and I'm, I'm a victim of this too, how we sort of decide – uh, very early on in a player's career, whether the next paycheck that they get is going to be an overpay or not. You know, it's like we brand them. Yeah, like Terry exactly. Rozier, no matter what amount of money I think he would have received from any team, he was going to get branded as being overpaid because we decide those things. We decide how much someone deserves. Uh, you know, And I think it's honestly, it's an opportunity for teams like Charlotte to come in and snag a player like Rozier who is motivated to play well, who wants that role, 
and and you can give him a little bit more money than maybe the market or fans think he deserves, and you get a player like Rozier. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, when you pay a guy like Rozier, uh, it's it's I say it's a low risk, high reward because in the next three years that his contract um, lengthens to, um, you're not going to be competing for the playoffs. So let's say that the contract ends up being an overpay and it's not worth it, then let's say when you have developed up where you want to push to the playoffs, then Rozier is not on your team anymore. But if he ends up working and being your long-term plans and you can just re-sign him uh, when his contract expires. So I think now, like you said, people branded as an overpay at the beginning. One thing that Terry's talked about is he literally doesn't listen to any outside noise at all. He only cares about his teammates and his loved That's ones. That's right. He doesn't, uh, he actually, he said he don't care about no blogs. That was a, a great sound for our show yeah. for a while. Yeah, exactly. So now, how do you feel now, Jack? You write for a blog. Did that offend you in any way that he said he didn't care about no blogs? No, no, not at all. Um, it's just, I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, a lot of guys don't like. I don't think they don't they don't they don't hate the media, but they're not a big fan of the media. Now he, well, um, hold on now, Jack. He didn't say podcast. I'm pretty sure he loves podcast. He loves this show, but he is not a fan of blogs. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably a fan of this show, but maybe my writing, he might not like as much. Um, <laughs> that's the main reason why I wrote about him. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rozier is, you can you can tell, he just, he says all the time, he start, starts off a lot of his quotes with, I'm just a ball player, I just want to play ball. That's all he cares about. He doesn't listen to anything outside. He's not one of those guys that's going to go on Twitter and tweet back at people and get mad about that kind of stuff. So he literally just wants to play basketball, and it shows. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about the Greensboro Swarm. If you've been wondering, what's going on in Greensboro? What are these players doing? Are they are they going to come up and play for the Charlotte Hornets? Eventually, all your questions will be answered. Coming up, you're listening to Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want to be you. back on the show, I baby. I got you, Doug. You want to be back you, on Doug. the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We are back with Jack. He's been gracious with his time. I'm talking about Jack Duffy. He writes for the Painted Lines Media Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack Duffy TPL. We're going to be digging in to the Greensboro Swarm, the G League affiliate for the Charlotte Hornets. Jack, I want to start with uh, the breaking, not breaking news, but it was breaking news a few days ago. The Hornets adding a new two-way player to the Greensboro Swarm in Ray Spaulding. Tell us about Ray. What do you think? Was it a good acquisition? So, um, obviously, the Hornets had to waive Robert Franks in order to get Ray Spalding on that two-way contract. And I don't think it was a matter of just talking about Robert really quick. I don't think it was a matter of Robert not playing well because he averaged 18.5 points per game for the Swarm. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, getting a better player. So, I mean, when you have an opportunity to get a better player, you're going to take every chance you can get. And one thing the Hornets need is big men. And Ray Spalding's a combo big, 6'9". Uh, he's, he plays a lot bigger than his size indicates. He can elevate really well. He's shooting 32.5% from three in the G League this year for Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So, um, and he rolls hard to the rim on the pick and roll. He has very good touch around the rim with a really good uh, right jump hook. So I think with the Hornets, one thing they needed is a young big to kind of grind out in the G League uh, on the come up. So, and with Ray Spalding, he can definitely play the five. He's played the five most of the time when he's been a 3-0. So, 
I think with the Hornets, you get a young big that can hopefully he's he's on one year contract two way. Um, there's only a few guys that are on two year two way contracts, but um, I was actually really excited. He's one of the guys that I was kind of looking out for when the Hornets waived Robert Frank. So I'm kind of happy they got a big man. And obviously right now, uh, Bismarck Biombo comes off the books and then Zeller uh, the summer after. So I think the Hornets need a young guy that can potentially come up and contribute in the next couple of years. And Ray Spalding could be that guy. Yeah, going back to Robert Franks, you said it wasn't necessarily about Franks. I mean, when I looked at his raw numbers, it seemed like he was an interesting player, a, a, somewhat of a, of a big man who could uh, shoot the three, was definitely willing to shoot the three, uh, scored a lot of points for the Greensboro Swarm. So what what was I not seeing there in Robert Franks that, that apparently the Hornets saw in that they let him go? So, I mean – like you said, he's averaging 18 and a half points per game. One thing that never really got answered was he wasn't really starting a lot. After the first, I say, 15 games or so, 10, 15 games, uh, he was starting that he ended up coming off the bench. I think that was more of a, I think that was more of a need with them needed to play bigger because he's playing uh, the center position a lot, which wasn't where he plays naturally. And one thing that James Brego told me and Joe Wolf was like, they wanted to try him out at the small ball five, kind of like what PJ Washington does, just to see what he could do. But that obviously didn't work out. He's a 72 wingspan and he's a beautiful stroke from the outside. But one thing about Robert is that he can't really create offense for himself. Only time he could really do that was when he was mismatched on a smaller guy and he could like back him down to the basket. So uh, I think him finishing through contact and then creating his own shot was problematic. And so, um, and he shot 33.5% from three, and I thought he was going to be a little bit better from three-point land, but that wasn't the case. So, I mean, it, obviously, it wasn't Robert not playing well. I just don't I, – I just think uh, Ray Spalding is a higher ceiling, and so they took the chance on him. So, I want to ask you about Caleb Martin coming up. But first, if you listen to this podcast, then you hear all of the great advertisers that we work with here on the Locked On uh, Sports Network to reach sports fans but you may not know that Locked On Hornets is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hornets fans. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On Hornets podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hornets fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, and they love to support local podcasts. Text the word advertising to 33777, or you can visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777, or you can visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising to learn more. We look forward to hearing from you. Okay, let's get back to Caleb Martin if you've watched the Swarm, this is what you wrote uh, in the Painted Lines. If you watched the Swarm play at all this season, you quickly notice that Caleb Martin's talent is far beyond his surrounding competitors. He's playing that well. Oh, Caleb Martin, I mean, like I said, when you watch him, when you watch the G League, it's obvious which guys belong in the NBA and which guys don't. And Caleb Martin can literally do whatever he wants whenever he wants. And when I say that, I mean, when he has the ball in his hand, he could score whenever he wants. I mean, um, one, the thing I wrote about is his transformed jump shot. If you saw him at Nevada, uh, he was leaning back on his jump shot and he had that bad leg kick. And so I ended up talking to – I talked to Caleb about this, but I talked to his uh, skills coach in the offseason, Omar Kanani. He's Jay Cole's skills coach. He uh, works with PJ. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jay Cole has a skills coach. 
Yes, yeah. So if you uh, when he was at training camp, when I was there at training camp, Omar, his name, we call him OK, but yeah, OK was there with Jay Cole, um, and he also was there at the uh, Black Ops runs with Chris Brickley up in New York. Um, so yeah, Jay Cole's uh, quite the baller. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is. I, there's no doubt about that. You you see like clips of him playing all the time, but I think someone's natural question would be why does why does Jay Cole need a skills coach? Like what is he I'm, what is he building skills for? Uh, I mean, if you see like Lethal Shooter, he works with Drake and a bunch of other rappers. So, I mean, I think it's just a thing Man, in a rap game to be able to. What do. a racket! So, yeah, um, yeah. Jack, so, we're, uh, Jack, we're in the wrong business. Oh, I know. Yeah, skills coach for rappers—that's that's a whole new industry. All right, go on. Sorry. Um, yeah. So Caleb Martin, he transformed his jump shot. So what Omar did is he tied a res- resistance band around uh, Caleb's knees, and so basically he just wanted him to shoot parallel, not kick that leg out. Um, and so he'd do that shoot starting from like two feet away from the basket and would keep going back and back shoot a hundred shots at each location. So over time that changed, but yeah, Caleb, he's James Brigo said earlier in the year. And he also told Omar this, that Caleb Martin is one of the best finishers on the Hornets team right now at getting to the rim and finishing through contact. And you see that in the G league, whenever he wants, he can get to the rim, uh, finish over guys. And I mean, if you don't watch the Greensboro swarm, Caleb Martin can be the only reason why you watch the swarm because on a night to night basis, he's just a blast to watch. So, um, I think, I mean, we saw in the preseason, he averaged close to 10 points per game for the Hornets. And, uh, a lot of people have said, and Omar told me this too, that growing up, Caleb was always the better Martin twin. Obviously Cody Martin has that three and D, uh, type game that translates well to the NBA. So I think the thing with Caleb is one thing the Hornets were telling him that they wanted to work on the smaller things like pocket passes to the bigs, uh, drop backs on the fast break, spraying the corner. So Caleb's just in the G right now working on the small stuff because, they know he can score. And they know when he comes up that he's going to be able to score. So he's just in the G League right now working on the small little things. Jack, you've got me shook. All I can think of now is J. Cole meeting with his accountant. They're looking to cut expenses. And the accountant says, Jay, maybe, Mr. Cole, Mr. J., maybe we should look at cutting <laughs> the skills coach. <laughs> because, I don't know, it just seems like you're, you're not, there's nothing you're really doing with it. And J. Cole says, no, absolutely not. We cannot cut the skills coach. I'll fire you, accountant, before I'll fire <laughs> my skills coach. Um, is there anyone else in the G League that uh, for the Greensboro Swarm that we should be paying attention to as Hornets fans? Because right now, and the reason why it's been a black hole for this show is because you haven't seen many call-ups. You've really only seen Cody Martin get the call-up, the legitimate call-up, where they're actually going to play NBA minutes. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that this team is filled with veterans right now. But that will change next season and beyond. So who should we be paying attention to other than Martin and Spalding? Yeah, so, I mean, first off, James Brago's magic number is 30. So whether you're getting 30 minutes up in the NBA or 30 minutes down in the G League, he says 30-minute mark is like where you see actual growth. And so the reason why Jalen McDaniels and Caleb Morton are down in the G League is because like Dwayne Bacon has said before, sitting on the bench and watching teams play, you don't really develop that much. So you need to be down to getting actual reps and with close to NBA talent besides just sitting on the bench. So um, that's been interesting that Cody hasn't played recently. But the two other guys that you need to pay attention to is Cody Kobe Simmons, who's on the two-way, and then Jalen McDaniels, who is the Hornets' second-round pick this year. And I think the thing about Jalen is he told me last week that he's already gained 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. And if you saw him coming out of the draft out of San Diego State, uh, one of the biggest uh, marks on him was he was really small. I think he was 205 pounds. 
coming into the NBA. And I think now he's close to 215, 220. So seeing him bulk up is good. He's a great help side defender, getting a lot of blocks. Um, he's shooting over 40% from three, which is a big surprise as well. And obviously his length, you can't really teach length. And Jalen is really good at getting the basket, finishing over tall bigs, uh, blocking shots. So he's been really fun to watch. And also Kobe Simmons and James Brigo told me in a preseason multiple times that, I mean, he just loves Kobe's game. Kobe is probably the fastest Hornet on their team in the preseason. And he's been getting double doubles with assists uh, last uh, five games. He's, I think he's had three in the last five games. And uh, he shouldn't ball decently from three. I think he's averaging north of 17 points per game. But him as a playmaker, is he's an excellent playmaker. Um, he runs the fast break and is a really good uh, big threat in transition. So I think those two guys are really fun to watch. And then obviously now with Grace Balding in. So this is going to be a really fun group of four guys down in Greensboro. All right, fun time to be a Charlotte Hornets fan. Fun time to be a Greensboro Swarm fan. Follow Jack Duffy on Twitter at Jack Duffy TPL and read him on the Painted Lines media network to get more coverage like you've heard here on his debut on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Uh, thank you, Jack. You've you've confused me. Uh, you've excited me, and I appreciate you coming on the show. You're also an expert on on hip hop player development, so that's exciting too. Hey, yeah, there's a new niche. There we go. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. We're coming back with more on today's game against the Orlando Magic. Got a few nuggets for you, so stick around. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Great stuff there from Jack Duffy. Again, follow him on Twitter at Jack Duffy. Uh, TPL knows his stuff and dropped that amazing nugget about J. Cole's skills coach. I say this all the time, like people who have that much money, they live in a completely different universe and you have to understand them in their universe. You cannot compare it to how we live our lives without all of that disposable income. And I don't, it's not necessarily a waste of money, I don't think, because even if you manage your money perfectly, you're still going to have, when you're at the J. Cole level, you're still going to have an immense amount of disposable income and you have to spend it on something. So why not spend it on your passion? Like I get it from that perspective. I just don't understand a skills coach. Maybe, maybe it's for the all-star game. Because he does like the celebrity all-star game, so he doesn't want to airball. He doesn't want to make a fool of himself. He has his reputation to think about. But it's still very odd to have the skills coach for the thing that you're, it's really not your career. But I digress because we have to talk about today's game against the Orlando Magic. One, one quick note, though, on his uh, Jack's discussion on Caleb Martin. That excites me that he is a fully developed offensive player. And I think, so we've seen Cody Martin. And you haven't seen Caleb Barton. And I think at first glance, you would, you would look at that and go, well, I guess Cody's the better player. But really, Cody Martin has been in as a hustle guy, as a defensive specialist, and that's what the Hornets have needed. They have not needed additional shooting. They've got enough of that right now on this roster. But again, things will change next season. And so after that discussion, I fully expect to see Caleb Martin called up maybe even playing a significant role on the roster next season. Okay, let's talk about today's game. Tip-off is at 5 p.m. in Charlotte. It's an early tip. The Hornets once again playing on Martin Luther King Day. That's exciting. 
Let's talk about Orlando, though. The Magic are wrapping up a six-game road trip that took them out west for five games, and now they have a pit stop in Charlotte before returning to Orlando. They went two and three on the road trip. They dropped the last two to the Clippers and the Warriors, and the, these are not your your daddy's Warriors. I mean, these this is the, the same Warriors team that is dropping uh, embarrassing losses across the league, and uh, Steve Clifford, after that game, was embarrassed for his team, but... He's also frustrated at the schedule that has them on this like brutal road trip. They've played nine games in 15 days. So the Orlando Magic, they are tired. They are frustrated. This seems like the perfect opportunity for the Charlotte Hornets, who are coming off three days rest and at home, to get a win. I mean, there are no excuses for the Charlotte Hornets team. James Borrego, after practice, said they've inserted a few new things offensively, which will be important because... This Orlando team, very good defensively, and you would expect that from a uh, Steve Clifford-run team. They are seventh in the league in defensive rating. So so inserting some new stuff offensively, hopefully, to open up Devontae Graham, who struggled in the last game against Denver. And Orlando's not a great offensive team. They only scored 95 points in each of the last two losses. This is an offensively challenged team. They are 26th this season in offensive rating. The Hornets are 22nd. So the Hornets are actually a better offensive team than uh, the Orlando Magic. They struggle from the three-point line. They struggle to score effectively. A lot of that has to do with injuries. They've had injuries across the board. Uh, But one player, surprisingly, that has stayed healthy for them is Markel Fultz, who is playing very well. He's stuffing the stat sheet right now. If if we were doing a box score breakdown battle beatdown for the Orlando Magic, I would probably pick Markel Fultz because he's doing a little bit of everything. He looks energetic. He looks um, like he is trying to prove something out there. So the defense, hopefully, Borrego has got a plan to try to slow down Markel Fultz because it's one of the few weapons that Orlando has right now. So the big question for me, and this is a question that James Borrego sort of addressed after practice, is can the Hornets move the magic side to side on defense and open up some driving lanes without turning it over? And those driving lanes can can finish at the rim or they can kick out to three, but you have to get, play inside out against Orlando, but they've got shot blockers. So you have to be able to move them side to side, move the, shift that defense, because if they're allowed to stay in place, then Clifford has got this team locked in defensively. They're going to turn you over or they're going to send your shot flying back towards your face. So the Hornets have to figure that out. Um, this game, to me, is surprisingly important because Borrego talked to, in practice about guarding against complacency with a young team. The young players can get a little complacent with losing. They can get this sense of like, well, you know, we've got years to figure this out. So I've got plenty of time ahead of me. I've got the whole world in front of me. And so if we lose, you know, seven, eight in a row, whatever. And so you have to guard against that. Right now the Hornets are trying to get off the schneid, off a six-game losing streak. So that's why, to me, this game has a little added importance. So box score, breakdown, battle, beatdown. If you haven't been listening to the, to the show over the past couple of days, Walker and I have decided to play a little fantasy basketball game. And essentially the rules are we do the snake draft where Walker and I will select a player that we believe will have the highest box score line. That's points, rebounds, steals, assists, blocks, minus turnovers. And then we pick the player that we think will have the lowest box score line. And so this is a snake draft because I because we tied uh, last game. Uh, I get the first pick because he had the first pick in the last um, in the last round. 
So I went with high player for my first pick, and I went with P.J. Washington. Then Walker followed up by picking Rozier for his high player and Miles Bridges for his low player. And then for my low player, I went Dwayne Bacon. Neither of us picked Devontae Graham, and the reason I didn't pick Devontae Graham with my first pick is because I believe that Steve Clifford will have a plan to stop Devontae Graham in this game. He's very – look, he knows about point guards that can score all over the place because he had one in Kimball Walker in Charlotte for many seasons. And he's seen how teams scheme against that night in and night out because he experienced it on the other end. And so I think he's going to have a plan very similar to that to try to take Graham out of the game. I didn't go Rozier because I went Rozier last time. I actually thought I think Washington has a shot here of getting some of the residual effects of Clifford's defensive attack. So that's why I went P.J. Washington. But it's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to be watching, and we're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Also coming up this week, Milwaukee. It's not at home. It's in France. It's technically a home game for the Charlotte Hornets. It'll be a home game for Nick Batum, I guess. Uh, But they're going all the way to France, so they get three days off before playing Milwaukee, and then I believe another three days off before they play another game because there is some some travel there. But the Hornets go internazionale. That's Italian, kind of Italian, not even French. I don't know what I was doing there, but it's going to be a fun game uh, in Milwaukee, so we'll talk about that coming up this week as well. And finally, we're celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the United States And I am really thrilled that the Hornets can play in Charlotte and be a part of what has become an NBA staple, the celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But I'm also glad that we continue to celebrate King's legacy of fighting for civil rights, justice, and equality. And one of the best ways that we can remember Dr. King is to live his words through our actions. I heard a new quote from King today. What makes America great is the right to fight for the right. If you can, do something today that helps the world be a little more just, a little more equal, and a little more kind. If we can all do that, then the world might get a little bit better. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks once again to Jack Duffy for joining us and throwing down all of that knowledge. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHornets. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. Until tomorrow, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.